0: Welcome to Growing Unicorns, where every week Holly Chen and me, Karina Edwards, come together with some fun guest hosts at a live interactive discussion where we unpack stories from the trenches while we're working with some of the fastest growing unicorns today. All right, welcome to Growing Unicorns. It's been a minute but we're super excited to bring on our guest for this episode, Jack Foster. Thank you so much for joining us. I would love for you to just kick off with an intro of yourself and a little bit about your background.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Karina. As you said, my name is Jack Foster. I am the VP of marketing over at WorkRamp. So WorkRamp is an all-in-one learning platform. We enable... Companies to deliver training at scale across employees, customers, and partners. And we help teams tie learning to business impact. So I joined WorkRamp about six months ago and have been leading and growing the function since then. But I do come from a background of demand generation and marketing operations. Before WorkRamp, I spent three and a half years building out the Global Demand Gen and Marketing Operations Team at Momentive, which of course was SurveyMonkey. We rebranded to Momentive while I was there. So that was definitely a fun experience. Before that, I led the Demand Gen and Marketing Operations Team at a startup called Lever. So it was a Series B company while I joined and you know we saw hyper growth while I was there. So that was a super fun experience. I had the chance to build... The team from the ground up there as well. And, you know, spent several years before that leading teams at a company, CA Technology, that the business unit I was working for ended up divesting to a company called ArcServe. So had some great experiences kind of through that as well. But yeah, I've grown up in marketing. I've been in tech for about 15 years leading teams for the last nine and uh, definitely excited to jump in with y'all today on some of the topics we're going to cover. Awesome.
2: Thank you so much for sharing such an impressive background.
1: And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I've had I've had some time under my belt now, so you get to build up, you know, your resume with time. So it's all good.
0: Thank and you. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about these things and just hear your perspective. So, first thing, as the first 6 months as head of marketing, I think let's talk about what those first 6 months look like. Is it dependent on like the stage of the company? I think we all know that's true. How big your team is, how big your team is not. So I'd love to just kick off from there and Jack, really hearing from your perspective.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it's all fresh, right? Because I'm still <laughs> in the first six months. So when I came into work Ramp first and foremost, I'll talk about my approach, I guess, and how I came into the role. It was really important for me in the beginning to spend at least the first 30 days, but really beyond that, but really spent the first 30 days learning and what that meant for me was getting to know my team, getting to know what my team was working on, you know, not making any big disruptions, like kind of just understanding how things were operating, observing, figuring out just kind of the rhythms, I guess, of WorkRamp. So it was really important for me to do that. And during my first 30 days, it was also really important to me to get to know our customers a bit better. And so one of the reasons I joined WorkRamp, I just, I saw how passionate customers were about leveraging our platform. So I was really excited to get into more of the details of that. When I worked with my sales organization and customer success organization to set up several one-on-one interviews. Interviews where I was able to just dig into details with customers. You know, of course, talked about why they partnered with WorkRamp, but even more broadly than that, understanding what their pain points were, what their motivations were in looking at a solution like WorkRamp, had the opportunity to ask more questions around, you know, where they go to get information, what communities are they part of, where are they spending time to learn new things about the industry or about, you know, their job. Those were, of course, some of the best, best, best conversations that I possibly could have had to get ramped into the role because it really gave me insight into just again how our customers operate. I also we use Gong at WorkRamp. It's an awesome product. And I also spent a lot of time I help I partner with our sales organization to get access to Gong calls. So you know discovery calls from our BDRs and SDRs discovery calls and demos from our AEs. And those are also really insightful just in learning about our customers. So the first 30 days was really all about gathering information. I'd say it went on honestly, even beyond 30 days. But from there, I was then able to kind of craft, okay, here are things that I think we're doing super well. Here are areas where I think there could be some improvements. And then I started to kind of shop that around with the leadership team, with my own team to pressure test if they were in agreement, if I had missed anything. And then really built my plan out from there. So it was awesome. I mean, I think like being in learning mode is probably the most important thing you could do no matter what size the company is. Honestly, I really learned a lot. and still learning, but really learned a lot by kind of taking that approach early on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to hear how is that different where there is like a larger team and it's you're allotted really the 30 days to listen and kind of hear from everyone versus more of like the hyper growth mode where it's like, yes, let's listen. But also, you know, quick wins. Did you notice any difference there?
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, in both of my last, even though when I joined SurveyMonkey, it was like 800 people large, we were really just starting to build out the enterprise motion. So there actually wasn't a huge like we were building the foundation around our enterprise business. So I think even then, there was still an opportunity to kind of learn. I think that even in a leadership role, honestly, if you just set the right expectations up front with your boss... So for me, of course, that was working with my CEO... But if you just set the expectation with your boss early on that, like, this is the approach I want to take, are you, you know, do you agree with that? I think people are usually willing to kind of give you that leeway no matter what size organization you're at, and probably actually appreciate that you don't come in kind of with pre formed opinions <clears> because <throat> opinions can change. You might have an idea about something, but you want to validate that. So I think people are pretty open to that kind of approach for sure. And honestly, one thing that helped me, I should have mentioned this before I actually joined, I sought out six VP or CMOs who had kind of previously been at a company or companies around the size I was joining were the same size as WorkRamp. And I set up like 30 minute conversations just to pick their brain on what did you do when you joined as kind of the head of marketing? What were some of your learnings, things to avoid? And I got a lot of learnings even before I started the role on kind of how to approach it and this was definitely something that a lot of those leaders mentioned was just you know take your time and don't kind of come in swinging if you will so that kind of also helped just share like why I wanted to do it the way that I did that's what i'd say
2: and that's the first 30 days and what's your you know first 90 days or now like 180 days look like
1: yeah so those insights really helped me shape where i thought our priorities should be for marketing and kind of help shape what our strategy overall was going to be. Of course, you know, also understanding what our business goals are and making sure that they're aligned to the the larger business goals as well. But from there, we started to build out our plan. So I joined WorkRamp in end of Q3 for WorkRamp. So my first kind of full quarter was Q4. And we really, you know, when you're in startup land, you got to make an impact fast, but then you're also building for the long term. So we were starting to... I had super amazing people already on the team, marketers who were already doing great things. So really making sure that they were Set up to be successful, have the resources they needed. We were, you know, really starting to ramp demand gen. For example, and when I got here, we have kind of a quarterly customer event that we do. That's kind of core to work ramps. So making sure that that went off without a hitch. But we really spent about a quarter, I would say, putting together our plan for FY '23, validating that, making sure that we had the right budget set up against it, understanding what headcount we were going to add on the marketing side to be able to execute that. So we were doing a lot of stuff during Q4, but we, we also made sure we spent the time to build out kind of our more full strategy and plan, which is now we're executing against for this year. So the insights led to the plan. Plan, you know, became kind of now what we're working on for
2: the rest of this year. Have you encountered that, yes, you set expectations and said, we're going to spend some time in Q4 putting together a a full strategy, but then someone from the team or cross-functional partners or even the founders and says, well, what about... We currently have this business problem. Can you just launch something and scrappy and let's just start doing something. So how do you balance that? Like a quick wins versus longer term strategy or like a request that came in as you go along? Yeah,
1: I think it's all about prioritization, just like anywhere else, right? And you do have to do those things. I mean, in any role, you want to make an impact as fast as you possibly can. So kind of figuring out what those quick wins are, I think, is really important. We had started to invest before I joined, we hired a head of demand generation. She's on my team. Her name's Michelle leading the charge and she's, you know, an expert in her craft. And so she started to launch, activate on channels that we hadn't been on before. We started to see pipeline coming from those channels. So like there was some really great wins. Uh, we were making sure that we were supporting sales with their close through the end of Q4. I think it's just really understanding where you can get some quick wins and prioritizing that while you're also working on kind of a longer term thing. I have an amazing, my CEO is amazing. He has been a great partner to me. So, you know, I made sure again that the priorities that I was focused on in both the short and long-term really aligned with what he was expecting. And I think that, you know, makes a big difference in being set up for success. But I do think it's always going to be a balancing act. What are your couple of things that you can do to make an impact quickly, have those quick wins while you're kind of building out this longer-term plan. And that is the art of, I guess, being in leadership and (laughs) trying to make it all work. So... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tangent to this topic a little bit. And I know a lot of our listeners will find this helpful is, you know, you mentioned you had a wonderful CEO. I know there are some that are not so wonderful. And so in your interviewing process, right. Or if you're going to take maybe what would be your first head of marketing position, what are some of the questions that you're asking in the interview, right. To make sure that when you do jump on board, these expectations are going to be set and there aren't kind of any of those red flags.
1: That's a great question. So definitely through my process, really wanted to understand, was marketing looked at as a strategic lever for the organization or a support? function for the organization. And I think, you know, really understanding there's obviously different ways that you can get at that. So like what are even just like hearing someone describe like what do you think marketing does? What do you, what are the Mm -hmm. expectations for marketing? That can be a great way to do it. Understanding the investment that is going to be put behind marketing. I think you can meet the rest of the leadership team too. I had really great conversations with our CRO at WorkRamp. We were super aligned on how, you know, we think about go to market teams and marketing and sales. Having a super close partnership and it really being kind of the left and right hand needing to work together. So I felt very confident coming into WorkRamp that you know marketing was going to be looked at as a strategic lever. I also am a believer that marketing should be tied to business outcomes. So, you know, it's my responsibility to also be sharing that marketing can impact things like revenue can impact things like customer retention customer growth and those types of things and i think you kind of need to find that match and i obviously found that you know where i landed which is great but it's really about i think the main like question you need to answer is like is it looked at as strategic i think also who it reports up to is is important that's another kind of signal i think marketing should report into the ceo as its kind of own functions that's something i was looking for as well as i was having these conversations but yeah, I think the strategic thing is is the best way to go about it because if, you know, you can tell if it's kind of not look like if it's going to be just kind of the support function or kind of looked at it as a cost center, that's probably <laughs> something as a marketing leader, you're not really going to be set up for success.
0: So yeah. yeah, I think it's an interesting point that you make too, in terms of like who marketing reports out to, because you, I've seen the trend in companies where marketing does report to the CRO. And sometimes it does feel like marketing is set up to be more of a support system and or even like just strictly sales enablement. So I like that differentiation. Cool. I think pivoting a little bit to... Holly, did you have a question?
2: Oh, I have a a quick um, follow-up on the quick wins. And you had an example about quick wins of your dimension leader and launching new channels. What are some examples of other type of quick wins just to give the audience a little bit more like a concrete ideas?
1: Yeah. So we were a small team when I joined. So first and foremost... There were four people who were already doing amazing work before I got there. Not to take... My demand generator leader was already doing those amazing things. So it was like she was already helping us showcase that marketing could have an impact on pipeline and, and revenue even before I got here. And you know we continued with that. But I think for me, I just made sure that we had some pretty clear... Like these are some things marketing are going to deliver in Q4. So for example, you know, we really started to invest in content. So like doubling like the amount of content that we put out in Q4 over Q3 was kind of a quick win. Again, executing our big customer event in a meaningful way, making sure. I mean, again, I can't take credit for that because it was something that was already in motion, but just making sure that that didn't not become a priority for marketing like that you know continued to be a priority and that that was a quick win and then hiring for me personally was also another thing that i once i figured out where i knew i needed to hire i opened up a role and went through i mean we went through a rigorous process but really started to hold myself accountable to making sure I was bringing on more resources so the team could grow. So again, I think it to kind of summarize this long longer winded answer, I think it was like making sure the team was set up to be successful in what they were already working on and that, you know, nothing that we needed to do was going to fall off. Really helping the rest of the organization understand a couple of new things that we were going to deliver. And then hiring were probably some of the things that I was able to do really quickly. But my team was already working on some... I mean, for a small team, they were already doing some really amazing things. So for them, it was more about just making sure they had kind of, again, the the runway to go be successful. And yeah, we had some really great results in Q4 and, and continuing into this year as well. So...
0: Cool. Yeah. I think that is a perfect segue into hiring and structuring the marketing team. And so when you started like day one, did you have in your brain like, okay, here's what the team looks like. Here's what I know we need to get it to. Or do you wait through that 30 day process, 30, 60, 90, and then identify like, okay, here are some gaps. Kind of what was your experience jumping into work ramp?
1: Yeah, so I already had, again, someone who had been hired on Shell to do demand, gen, and growth, which, you know, I think is any kind of core competency you need on a marketing team. We had expertise in product marketing with one of our. Tenured marketers, Rachel, and another product marketing manager that had been brought on last year in Div. So we had some expertise in product marketing and growth and then events as well. Right before I joined, we hired someone to take on events. So it was a little bit like, okay, where do we already have expertise on the team? And then the insights from those customer conversations, as well as kind of that learning period, really helped like solidify the structure I wanted to put into place. I mean, of course. Like, I've been part of marketing teams, so I've seen how marketing teams have been structured. And I had an idea of where I thought we were going to need to focus, but it was really after I validated, okay, yes, this is going to be a big part of our strategy. Investing in content is going to be a big part of our strategy. Let's make sure we have the right resources for that. That was all kind of done through that 30 plus day learning period. So it was was a little bit of both lay of the land, where does the expertise lie? what do I think the marketing team is going to look like? And then you know, validating that through insights and making sure that we really had the right resourcing set up. One example that I think became very clear to me that it wasn't necessarily something I was thinking about right in the beginning, but you know, in the first 30, 60 days, it became very clear to me that we wanted to continue to support our customers in a really meaningful way and make sure we had resourcing there. And so... We opened up a customer marketing manager role pretty early on. And like that might have not been something I came in with the idea we were going to you know, need to do. But after that kind of validation period, it was like, oh, yeah, we got to really make sure we're invest- continuing to invest in our customers. We have great relationships there. How can we give them resources, make sure that we're setting up the right programs for customers, that type of thing. So that was like an example of a role that kind of got like added, if you will, into the prioritization list of moving up. So...
2: What's a like a typical mental model of a marketing team that you want to build and especially like relatively early stage, you know, series B, series C type of companies? How do you think about the marketing structure?
1: I think there's three or four core areas. So we we kind of already touched on some of them. Product marketing is core competency that I think all marketing teams obviously need to invest in. Brand, I guess, could be kind of the other category. So you can look at things like content that rolls up into brand. You might have obviously like Design those types of functions that can roll into brand as well. So, that's kind of a bucket growth and demand gen for sure. And then, you know, there's events. Most companies have an events and webinar program. So, that can sit in demand gen and growth. We have that reporting directly into me. I think that customer marketing as well, like, so that sits on my product marketing team right now, but that could maybe be its own function as well. So, there's obviously different ways you can structure it, but. I think it's the ones I mentioned: product marketing, brand marketing, demand gen and growth, customer marketing, and events are probably some of the main ones. I'm trying to think if I'm think if I'm missing anything, but those are at least some of the ones that are top of mind for me right now.
2: How do you think about marketing ops and like marketing analytics?
1: Oh, that's a great! I thank you. That's of course where we're. (laughs) So we actually are very intentional of how we're building out our operations team and WorkRamp. We've decided to build out a central revenue operations team. So this is actually a team that is kind of dotted line into each of the functional areas, but sits on one team. So sales operations, marketing operations, all sitting together. It helps with just understanding how we're building our systems, ecosystem out, data flow. And so yes, Absolutely need marketing operations. I've grown up with marketing operations. But at WorkRamp, we're doing a a central revenue operations team. And they're really helping us think through making sure we have consistency in our data reporting and analytics. But obviously a huge part of what you need to be thinking about if you're building out a team.
0: Yeah. Is this your most typical experience that marketing ops report into like a central rev ops unit, or is it most typical that you have marketing ops on your team?
1: So before this, my last two roles, marketing ops rolled up through demand gen. That could probably be a whole other conversation. <laughs> this is the first time that I've personally been starting with a central revenue operations team, but I'm very excited about this move. Again, I think that it, it's just going to help kind of the whole revenue organization be more cohesive and, you know, have consistency. And uh, we have some really great talent on that team and great leadership who are helping us think through, you know, how this evolves. So I'm really excited and bullish on kind of the strategy we're taking
2: here. Yeah. I'm curious about like where brand reporting to, like brand design. And there's some structure of, um, there's a head of design for product design and marketing design. And there's also brand design slash marketing design reporting to marketing and what's your view around that. And similarly, like a gross engineering, does that report into a marketing org or does that report into engineering org?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that if you think about like taking a step back, without team structure, you want to have a consistent brand from your product experience through to the experience that you're putting out into the world. So I think there's probably multiple ways that you can approach this as long as there's collaboration across the product and if you're going to separate it out across the product and marketing team. So that's how we're doing it here. We have product designer who is very supportive and close collaboration with our marketing team, but we are hiring marketing designer to like lead the charge on the marketing side. But I think it I think it probably depends on the size of organization. There's a lot of factors that can go into that. But I think, I think the main takeaway or insight that I would say is that you do want to have consistency across those experiences. And so figuring out what works for your org and how to support that, I'm sure there's different ways that you can approach kind of where people report into though.
0: On that note, let's talk goals for the marketing team. So how did you come in? Like, obviously, I'm sure there were already goals that were set for the team when you were coming in. But then how do you think about like goal setting, right? Because obviously every like department or function within marketing is going to have their own specific KPIs. But then how do you kind of map those back to the larger goals?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there were definitely goals that the team was working toward. But, you know, again, going back to something I said earlier, actually, I look at marketing as a growth lever for organizations. And so we really aligned around the revenue goals this year for marketing. You know, the way that marketing can really impact revenue, there's lots of different ways, but one of our main North Stars is how much pipeline we're generating. So that's definitely a North Star on the team. And, I think that you know you have to be tied to the bigger business goals as a marketing leader. Otherwise, you do get into potentially being looked at as a cost center or not a business driver. And so that is a huge initiative across our entire team is like, what are the bigger kind of business goals? How can marketing impact those goals? And I'd say that the top one that we're uh, focused on right now is how we're impacting revenue and pipeline.
0: How does attribution play into all of that? Is that something that's like... Muddy waters with the sales team. What is your experience with attribution?
1: I mean, I think people can get really tripped up on attribution. It's been a topic in marketing land for me my entire career. Like, how do you know there's so many different ways again that you can cut it? We're building out a more robust attribution reporting model for marketing right now, but. I think that you just can't let it trip you up. Like, I think there's, you got to kind of come to an agreement on how you're going to measure things and realize that there's going to be pros and cons with whatever way you choose to do it just really understand what those are. But just agree to a measurement, you know, a measurement system, I guess is the best way to say it and evolve it from there. I think you're spending all your time worried about attribution and, you know, that can really trip teams up and I think can slow down innovation and, and making an impact fast. So. Yeah, I think it's going to continue to be a topic of conversation. I don't think anyone has like real attribution totally figured out, but I think it's more just how do you want to measure it? Does everyone agree? Does everyone understand how you're measuring it? And then kind of evolving it from there.
0: Is there like a standard percent sourced from marketing that you usually agree to especially if you're going to be like first head of marketing at an earlier stage company, what would be your recommendation as like a baseline, right? Like 40% sourced by, what would you be okay with agreeing to? 90%.
1: There's so many factors that go into this question. I think it's different for different segments. So you could say that a more velocity, higher kind of transactional like business that you might be going after, SMB and Startups... Probably going to rely more on marketing than an outbone motion. So you might see upwards of like 80 or 90%. Impound coming from marketing. Whereas if you're going after enterprise, which is of course going to be longer, it's definitely not going to be a one-touch thing. You might see numbers closer to 30 or 40%, you know, coming from marketing. And then there's also the multi-touch stuff that comes into that. So I think it really depends on your business and the sales cycle and the type of company that you're going after. But even like Without saying like, would I agree to this goal or not agree to this goal? I think you need to understand what the business goals are and figure out how you can impact those goals and be confident that you can get to those and you know show how you're going to do that to the leadership team and things like that before you just like sign up for anything. You really need to have kind of a plan to get there and agreement again on how you're going to get measured.
2: Just a quick follow up on the percentage sources. Do you count the direct traffic as part, part of marketing or like, how do you think about the like marketing driven? What is included? I
1: think direct traffic is definitely influenced by marketing. I mean, obviously, direct is the most unknown bucket. So you have to take into consideration that, yes, your VDR team is probably impacting your direct bucket and other factors. But you should look channel by channel. Obviously, that's important to understand how your channels are operating. But I think it's also just kind of looking at like bigger trends as well. You can make the argument that direct organic and paid are kind of all higher intent channels so like looking at trends of that bucket together over time is maybe you know one kind of leaning indicator of how marketing is doing but I, yeah I mean I think direct should definitely be something marketing tracks you impact direct so you just have to understand again that there might be other influences there but I definitely think direct traffic is within marketings we all know that you know when you start investing in paid and organic direct goes up so yeah I'm gonna take <laughs> you <away. laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Awesome.
2: And and what is not included? Give me an example. What do you mean? What's not included? So when you say like 80 percent 80 to 90 percent high velocity is marketing driven, what is that 10 to 20 percent?
1: Outbound, right? So it would be more uh, like directly outbound sourced or AE sourced if you, you know, if you don't have an outbound team, but more like basically something that marketing is not directly touching would most likely be, you know, an outbound motion.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah.
0: Okay. Final topic, marketing and sales. So what is kind of like your motto or methodology, especially as a new marketing leader in an org, like to go and establish that relationship with sales and then also creating that relationship with your team and sales too. So not just you and the sales leader, but also your team and the sales team.
1: Absolutely. So I mean, first and foremost, the marketing team before I joined had a super collaborative relationship with sales. So I was set up into a really good situation. And we have an incredible leader. Well, incredible leaders on the sales side in general. So that was awesome. I was coming into a great situation on that. But beyond just starting to build rapport, spending time, understanding what sales strengths are, where they... Might see challenges. How you can help? I do think it comes back to being aligned to the business goals. I mean, sales are measured on revenue. That's kind of their ultimate. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're looking at new prospecting, I mean, obviously, customer success teams might be measured on more of the retention and expansion side. But I think it's aligning to the goals because then everybody is rowing in the same direction, and that's how you can really get that alignment and kind of partnership with sales. And it's just you know, you got it. You just have to get to know people and at a more personal level. And spend time with people. And, you know, that's something I'm still, you know, we're in a remote environment right now and trying to, you know, spend more time with our AEs, again, listening to gong calls, like all of those things really start to help you better understand kind of how the sales team is operating. And I really do think marketing leaders need to invest in doing that. And I have a great partner, as I keep saying, in our CRO who is also investing in making sure marketing is set up for success. So it kind of starts with the goal alignment, but then you really need to spend the time also kind of, getting into the details, getting to know people and all that good stuff as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I really, really love the listening to all the way down to like discovery calls. You just get the most insight as a marketing member in understanding like what are the objections that they're facing? What are some of the confusions that the sales team runs into with their prospects when they're having that first call of like not even clearly understanding the product in their first meeting with the sales team. So yeah, I absolutely love that.
1: Yes. We have a hold on our marketing calendar once a week carved out to listen to gong calls at least once a week. So that's something my entire does. does um, just because I totally agree. Marketers really need to understand the people that are talking to customers every day and
2: that's sales. So yep. we're going to be
1: better marketers <laughs> and better understand our customers if we do that. So yeah, definitely agree.
2: It's a a little bit of a tangent question. And, you know, listening to calls takes time and learning about historical takes time. Building relationships takes time. How do you think about managing your time and your priority, your productivity, and especially, you know, in your first few months? And that's a, that's a lot to do. How do you think about your own time management and prioritization? Yeah, I mean,
1: I think especially at the stage that we're at, you know, I'm definitely doing hands on work and also leadership activities. So I think for me, it's been one of my top priorities has continued to be hiring because that's just going to help free up my own time. But hiring has been a top priority for me around the areas that we need to, you know, add team members around. And then I also have just been working with the members of my team to better understand where they need help on things and you know pitch hitting where I can. And so it kind of goes back to like okay, what are the priorities for the business? Then based on that, what are marketing's goals? And then based on the goals, what do we need to do to get there? And are we set up to get there and and just helping the team make sure that everybody has the resources they need and sometimes the resource they need is me to do something. So that's kind of how I think about it. There's always, you know, prioritization is always Something you're going to, have to be evaluating kind of constantly, like mm-hmm. all, especially as a startup, it changes too. So you have to kind of be ready to be flexible for that. But I think as long as you can go back to, okay, these are our North stars or are the things that we're doing actually moving the needle on the things we said are important for the business. That's how
2: I kind of think about spending my time. Mm -hmm. congratulations on the recent fundraise thank you Uh, so exciting (laughs) do you see your role changes as a series b company head of marketing versus series c head of marketing
1: yeah i mean i think that the role of marketing in both scenarios is for us to be a growth lever i think that I don't know it's it's hard we just got the funding last week so I don't know if I can like answer that I've seen some huge change right and uh, or we just announced our funding last week I should say so Maybe ask me that question in six months. If I like a huge difference in my first six months versus second, I'm sure there will be big differences. But no matter what stage that we're at, my goal was always to come and help the company kind of grow in the next phase of growth. So that's been the North Star for the first six months and will continue to be the North Star for the next six months. Maybe invite me back in six months and I'll give you a rundown of what -hmm. happened you know, in the next phase of growth. <laughs>
2: awesome.
0: We'll have a part two in six Yeah, months. there we go. <laughs> awesome. Well, I know we're at time, but thank you so much. It's been wonderful and a pleasure to just hear from you and your experiences. So I appreciate you joining us and thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next time.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye.